Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Real quick before we get started, if you enjoy reading about signs and if you enjoy fiction like Bridget Jones and Sex in the City, you might enjoy my books, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend too. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. Samantha March describes herself as a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and with good reason. She is the creator of Chicklet Plus, the author of eight novels, the host of the Start Inspired podcast, and a successful beauty, fashion, and lifestyle vlogger with over 90,000 subscribers on YouTube and 10.5 million views. She most recently has launched a collaboration with Ofra Cosmetics, which includes a collection of highlighter, blush, bronzer, and lip color with appropriate names, including Chiclet, Blush, and Start Inspired Highlighter. Welcome, Samantha, and congratulations. Thank you so much. Oh, that was so fun to hear. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Of course. You probably are like, I do all that, but you do. (laughs) Right. Well, it's funny. You said the YouTube views. I was like, I have over 10 million YouTube views. Wow. (laughs) I saw, I was looking for the number of subscribers because I knew it was amazing. And I was like, I want to include this. And then I was like, wow, wow. Yeah. You have over (laughs) 5 million views. It's awesome. It's incredible. (laughs) It's incredible. Congratulations on the launch. I'm so excited for you. I know this is not the launch that you pictured because of what we're going through now, but I feel like, you know, everything happens for a reason and people are going to be so excited to celebrate that when it happens, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. That's what I said. I said, you know, when we are able to finally get together, because we had a launch party planned in Florida with the Oprah headquarters. And I mean, bloggers were flying in from all over. We had a blogger coming from Sweden. We had people from all over the U.S. that were flying in. And I said, when we are able to do it, you know, we're not only going to be celebrating the collection, but we're going to be celebrating being able to see each other and hug each yes. other again. So Yes. Yes. It's going to be amazing. It really is. Yes. And yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. And so we know each other from the writing community. And I could not mm-hmm. have been more excited when you included Better Believe It as Book of the Week on your podcast and on your YouTube <laughs> channel. And so I was so grateful for that. And so we started chatting. I was on your podcast and we started talking and I realized that you have stories of signs. And I was like, oh my God, you have to come on my podcast. So yes. yeah. So the one we talked about on your podcast was about a story about your grandmother, but if you could describe, mm-hmm. you said you were very close with her. Yeah, I was always really close with my grandmother. She was my mom's mother. And I mean, just some of my best memories from childhood are like involve my grandmother and her house was always kind of like the central meeting point for the family. Anyone could just drop in and watch the Cubs games with grandma or just hang out with her. And yeah, she was just such a special lady. I went to her for anything, any ideas that I had, because I mean, I always had big ideas. I can remember going to her saying I want it to be in beauty pageants. And she was like, okay, we'll figure it out. Like, this is what we'll do. And, you know, helped me buy my dresses and everything for the pageants. And, you know, just anything that I needed. She was just always so special to me. So she passed away of breast cancer 10 years ago. And when I was told of her diagnosis, it was, you know, it was just like one of the worst days. Yeah, that's devastating. Yeah. Was she diagnosed long before your wedding? 
So I was with my husband at the time still because I remember he came back. We were going back for a, there was like a birthday party for someone in the family. And so we drove from Des Moines, Iowa up to Dubuque where my family is from. And I don't think we were engaged yet though. So she had passed a few years before we actually got married, but I was always really thankful she at least got to meet Mitch, the man that I did end up marrying. I was was grateful that she got to, to meet him. So yeah. It's crazy. You always think like, especially for, well, I know for me, I'm such a girly girl. I dreamed of my wedding for my whole life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just assume that certain people are going to be there. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't have any of my grandparents at my, my wedding. We did, you know, in lieu of favors, we did a donation. We had all of their names on it, all of our grandparents. Yeah. I tried to incorporate her as best as I could. She loved pearls. So like kind of like a theme to the wedding was pearls. So a bunch of the centerpieces had pearls on it. My flowers, which they're fake. So I have them sitting up here. Like I still have my wedding bouquet since I'm allergic to everything. So we could only have fake flowers. There's no way I could carry around a bouquet of real flowers. What a benefit um, that you get to, nobody else gets to keep their wedding bouquet. Yeah. You know, I was really happy. I have them. I mean, my bouquet is still on display and I think it's so beautiful. It's pink yeah. peonies and down the like stem where I held it is a bunch of pearl like pearl pins Aww. are pushed into it and then we also have my grandparents wedding photo like a small little circular wedding photo of them and that's tied onto my bouquet so I oh, walked down the that. aisle with that I love that so, and I love the penny story yes yes that was that's still pretty wild to me so it was before our wedding Mitch and I moved into our house in May, the year that we got married, and then we married in September. So we had only been in the house, in this new house, for I want to say it was maybe like two months or something at this point. And I was in my office, I was talking to my mom on the phone, and I happened to find a random penny in my office, which to me, just like looking back on everything, is just so bizarre because it wasn't like we had even been there long and things had like shifted and moved around and then you're finding random things like we have just moved into this house and I'm on the phone and I find this penny and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the year and I'm on the phone with my mom and I asked her what year her parents my grandma and grandfather had gotten married and she said the year and it was the year that was on that penny wow and I just was like what are the chances of that <laughs> ah, that's an old so, and a rare find in general that it would be just yeah. in your house right because during there's a certain year where it stopped but like the pennies are made of more copper or something like that so they're worth more money or oh, something yeah. along those lines so to even find a penny like that these days is so rare like so I mean they're wow. just really not even around anymore so to find it in in my office especially you know the place where I always was like it just was yeah. so bizarre to me and I can remember telling my mom when she got kind of quiet and was like really <laughs> like <laughs> what <laughs> and I ended up putting the penny in my shoe for when I walked down the aisle too so I, I had it in my shoe for good luck <laughs> I love that I love it yeah Do you think she sent you other signs over the years what was her name uh, her name was Millie. That's Mildred, my mother's name. 
<laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And my, my collaboration that I just did with Ofra, we came out with a lip gloss and it's a kind of like a sheer, but pearly lip yes. gloss. So I named it Millie. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. like, oh, I have to get that one too. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. chiclet, the chiclet blush duo. Oh, um, you did. Was, Thank you. Yes, of course. And and then I was like, I definitely next have to get the Millie from my mom. Oh my God, that's yeah. great. Oh, I love that. Do yeah, I was Millie really, that was kind of like my there? plan. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, I thought it was so fun. So I know a bunch of people in my family bought that one because they were so excited about it. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that the names mean so much. Do you think mm-hmm. she sent you other signs over the years? Well, I was thinking about this story, but it's like, it's kind of a spooky story at the same time. So I, <laughs> I was trying to decide like if I should say it or not, but it's also like one of the craziest things that has ever happened to me. But so if you want me, I can tell that one. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was, it was shortly after my grandmother had passed away and I was kind of struggling and, you know, just kind of having a, a hard time with it. But there was one night where I was, sleeping and it's so weird because I can even remember the dream I was having like I was dreaming about the characters and saved by the bell for whatever reason (laughs) so it's like I knew I was sleeping and I knew I was dreaming and I woke up to just like the like a the worst feeling like a heaviness in my heart like just my whole body hurt like I felt like something was was wrong but I also and this is the part that gets like still creeps me out to this day but I swear that there was a woman at the end of my bed Mm -hmm. and she it wasn't my grandmother it was a woman I didn't know and just the way that she looked at me just gave me this horrible feeling and I remember like starting to scream because I was so afraid and my roommate ran in from the other room like probably thinking someone had climbed in my window and I kept just yelling that there's a woman in here there's a woman in here and I can remember my roommate running around, looking in the closet, looking in the bed. And I was like, I, you know, eventually I calmed down. I was like, I don't think she was real, but like, some, you know, something's wrong. Something, mm-hmm. Something's happening and something's wrong. I just know it. And the next day I had called my mom. And before I even told her about what had happened, she was talking to me about the family. And I mean, our grandma was the glue of everything. You know, she held everyone together. And after she passed, we started to have a lot of stress and arguments in the family. And it was just, you know, a bad situation. People fighting over small things, fighting over big things, fighting over decisions. Uh, there's seven siblings. My my grandmother had seven kids. So wow. there were seven of them. I think there was just too many opinions. There was just too much going on. And after that night, specifically where I had this horrible feeling, it was like the family fell apart. And it was so sad because I'm, I was so close to pretty much all of my aunts and uncles and cousins and all of that. And everything was just arguments and everyone was fighting with each other. And it was a horribly sad time. I felt distant from, you know, nearly everyone in my family. So many people, including my mom, were being mistreated. It was just Aww. such a horrible time. And I kept thinking back to that night of waking up and you know, having this feeling and thinking that I'm seeing someone. And I, I feel like it was almost a like a sign of saying like times are about to get really hard. And yeah. they were hard. They were hard for a while after that. But then I had another night and this was several months down the road. I had another night where I was sleeping. I don't remember what I was dreaming about that night, but <laughs> I was sleeping 
And all of a sudden I woke up and I could see my grandma next to me. And I can remember what she was wearing. I can remember that she was wearing her pearl necklace was on. And she just sat and watched me and kind of reached a, reached a hand out to me. And I can remember feeling so peaceful mm-hmm. and just feeling like, okay, things are going to be okay now. Like, yeah, grandma's here. She's going to be watching over us. Like, she's going to help our family get through this time. Like, I just felt so incredibly peaceful. And yeah. I called my mom the next day and I told her about it. And, you know, I said, I can even, I can remember what she was wearing. And I can remember that she had her pearl necklace on and, I had forgotten this, but mom said that she was actually buried in, with her pearl necklace on. So I was like, Aww. oh, wow, okay. Like, that's Aww. kind of wild. But luckily, we had started to repair relationships in the family. And actually, I talked to several cousins and a few aunts, and we all saw our grandma around that same time period that I did. So it's oh, like she wow. was visiting all of us to tell us, like, it's like we got to get through this. Like, we are family. <laughs> we'll get yeah. through this together. So that was just really special. Wow. It feels like the first woman was the embodiment of like that energy, like the energy of things that aren't love, like jealousy and yeah. greed and, and mm-hmm. pettiness and judgment and, and bad feelings. And that yeah. grandma is all love. And she was like, love wins. It's the greatest power in the universe and it'll heal. And like that was the healing time. And she came to all of you to spread love. I mean, that goes down still as like one of the, like, I just, I don't even know how to describe it. Just one of the craziest, like most surreal moments. I can still remember so much of it with so much clarity, even though it was, you know, 10 years ago, I can still remember those times and just how, how scared I was the first night and then how calm and peaceful I was after seeing my grandma and you know, I'm happy that so many relationships were able to be mended and the family was able to start to come together again. So that was was a good thing. Were they at your wedding? Yeah. Yep. I think pretty much everyone was able to, to make it to my wedding, which was great. And I had a lot of, I had two of my aunts were kind of like, I can't remember what they're called, hostesses or something we call them here. So they helped. And like I had one of my, or I had one cousin, was a bridesmaid. I had another cousin who like helped me pass out programs. So oh, yeah, I had sweet. a lot of the family included in my wedding. So oh, that's sweet. you probably thought like when that first woman came, you probably thought we're at a point like where if I were to get married tomorrow, like they wouldn't be there and like got here. Yeah, definitely. That's my wild story. <laughs> I love it. It's so interesting when we discuss like the difference between a visit and a dream and a dream kind of has that underwater feeling, but it sounds like this was such a visit because it was so vivid. Like you could picture what yeah. she was wearing, her pearls, her, that she was there. It wasn't. Yeah. yeah. I also love the palm reader story. Okay. And things have gotten even weirder with the palm reader since oh, wow. all of this has started happening. But in my podcast I had talked about going to a palm reader in Vegas I fortunately was able to go on a a Vegas trip in January with my mom it was her birthday and so I went out there and we were just hanging out she likes to stay in downtown Vegas and one morning we were just hanging out and she said we should do something crazy like getting our palms read (laughs) like okay and I found someone literally like right outside the hotel and it was $20 to get your palm read. And I was like, let's go do it. <laughs> and 
I did it. And it was it was crazy how accurate it seemed because I had never done a palm reading and I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I kind of thought maybe it would be someone giving off like very vague things like you will find love or, you know, like just really <laughs> vague out there kind of things that would work for pretty much anybody. Right. But she was so specific. And one thing that she said, she said that I have someone in the family who's passed away that's guiding over me and has been for 10 years. And so that was kind of crazy because yeah. like, sure, you can say, oh, someone's guiding over you. But especially when she put 10 years on it, I was like, yeah. well, my grandmother passed 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So it was just stuff like that, that was kind of mind blowing to me. And I mean, she talked to me about career. She told me that she could see me writing books, which that's what I do. So it's like, wow. yep, you're right there. But at one point, and this is what I've realized just recently, and it kind of stopped me in my tracks when I remembered this, but she told me that she like could sense that I liked to travel, which I do love traveling. But she said that she saw me going on three trips this year. And this is in January. And I wasn't sure if she was counting this Vegas trip and she was saying you have three more trips coming or two. But at that time, I already had three trips booked for one in February and two in March. And then I was planning to go to more places. Like I was like, yeah, no, I'm going on like nine trips this year right. minimum. So like three is not going to work. And now with the coronavirus, all of my trips had to be canceled. Wow. And who knows when we're going to be able to, to travel again. So I'm like, if I take three trips in 2020, <gasps> I'm going to go to this Palm Reader every single year. <laughs> and have her give me an update because... That was the one thing that stood out to me that I was like, well, that's not right because I already have three, you know, three trips in three months or in two months, technically. I was like, I'm going so many more places. You know, I, I typically always visit my family in Alabama over the holidays. That's another trip. I had a few more trips that I was planning to go out to LA for business. I was like, no, it's going to be, like I said, minimum nine trips I'm taking in 2020. Like, I kept saying 2020 was my year to travel, my year to get out there. I was going to do conferences and meetings and just meet other YouTubers and all these different things. And now travel has come to a halt. <laughs> and it's like, huh, that's interesting. Wow. I'm hopeful that, yeah. that there'll be three. <laughs> that gives me hope. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, that's what I'm hanging on to, that we will be able to travel again in 2020. Yes. And yes. it'll be enough time for me to take the three trips. Like, that's what I'm holding on to. Because I mean, at the time that we're recording this, it's so hard because it seems like things change every single day. I mean, yeah. it's just it's crazy. So but at this time, we don't have an endpoint. We don't have a, this is when yeah. things are going to reopen. So we don't know. But yeah, hopefully it means that it'll be this year that things start to come around again. Yes. Oh, please let it happen. I hope you take three trips this year. <laughs> please. I know. Me too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And the launch is going to be happening this year. I know it. And it's yeah, going to be, so. be one of your trips. So when, yeah. you, when they contacted you, did you have a moment where you were like, there was a time when I was working, you were working in a hospital actually, right? Mm -hmm. yep. And you were like, and now I work from home. I have a brand contacting me. How much can change in 10 years? So where were you 10 years ago in March, 2010? 
Okay, March 2010. So yeah, I would have still been working at the hospital. I actually worked at a VA hospital in Iowa. And I mean, I really did. I actually did enjoy my job. I, I started working there in college and just kind of worked my way up and worked in different clinics. And I was on the admin side of things. And, you know, it was working for the federal government. So I got good benefits and yeah. you know, a steady paycheck and <laughs> and all of that. But I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. And it was in 2009, it was October of 2009 that I decided to start a blog. And I started Chicklet Plus. And when I started it, like, I mean, even back then, it was still hard to start something new in the beginning because I was not only putting up content and putting up, I mean, I did book reviews and I did, like I would blog post about what workouts I was doing and recipes and and different things like that. But at the same time, I was also trying to learn how to do it and how to put a blog together and like HTML coding and um, all these other things that come with having a blog. Like I was trying to learn everything just kind of as I, as I went. So in 2010, I would have been working at the hospital full time, balancing my blog and trying to make that a regular thing and to have it see success. And then I was also writing my first book, which I ended up publishing in 2011. So I was writing Destined to Fail at that time too. So I was busy and I would have been, what, 22, like around 22, 23 years old. So I was also probably trying to have a social life. Right. (laughs) You're (laughs) as busy as you are now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, yeah, yeah, it's amazing because I don't think that I would be in this position if I hadn't decided like, you know what, I do want something more. I've always known I've wanted something more, but like, how can I make it happen? I knew I wanted to write books, but like my mom has always told me the the advice of it's not what you know, it's it's who you know. And oh, no. I didn't know anybody in the industry. <laughs> so I was... No, I know that's, that's advice that I feel like a lot of parents had said for years, but it's yeah. a new world. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And well, and I was like, you know, I can use the internet to meet people and to find people. And, and that's what I did. I found a lot of, a lot of other authors that were willing to give me advice and willing to say like, Oh, this is the editing company that I work with, or this is the formatting company that I work with because I had no idea and I had no connections and through starting a blog and, and just starting to build those up. I mean, that's what really helped me publish my first book even. So, I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's just the the choice of deciding to start that a lot of times can be the hardest part, because you don't know what's going to come from it. And it can be hard to like psych yourself up to do something or like for me, I had to pay. I knew I wouldn't be able to figure out how to actually create a, an entire blog, like a blog post was hard mm-hmm. enough for me. But mm-hmm. I hired someone to create the actual blog for me. And you know, as a 22 year old it was kind of expensive at the time I had to save up for it and then I hired someone but I mean it paid off so yeah and I love that your podcast is start inspired like not just stay inspired but start inspired yeah because I feel like that's that's what you have to be in order to decide that you're going to make a change and that you're going to go for something and you know it wasn't like I sometimes I, I read advice from people that 
that they're like, oh, you know, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be a YouTuber or, or write a book? And I hear the advice of like, just quit all your jobs and just <laughs> solely focus on that. And I'm like, good gracious, I, that just, I couldn't have done that. I had to continue to work because I have to, you know, pay my bills right. <laughs> and eat um, those important <laughs> things. So I had to balance all of it. But I think at the same time, it shows you if you really want to do something or not, because it was a lot of time and energy and my own money that I had to put into it. And if I didn't really love it, I think I would have stopped really shortly into it. So at least you can find out if you're actually, because there's been a ton of things that I'm like, I am super passionate about this. This is what I want to do. And then I've tried it and been like, ooh, <laughs> no, <laughs> never mind. But this with, and I guess just being, I think influencer is kind of an odd word, but being a social media influencer and an author, like this is where I feel like I'm supposed to be. So yes, yes. makes me happy. <laughs> yes. And what was the moment like when you heard from Oprah? I remember I, I listened to the podcast with the people who work at Oprah, and I love that it's someone's name. I love that it's a family business. I love that I'm supporting you and a business that sounds so, like, they're so nice. Like, I love that Oprah, yeah. the mom, gives birthday gifts to everyone. Like, it's just yeah. sounds like, what a nice company. So it's like a perfect match with you, who's who's so lovely. What was it like when you got that email? I love that. Yeah, well, thank you. I was pretty shocked because at the point, so it was actually last summer, I got an email from someone who works in the social media team. Her name's Shana, who I now work really closely with. But she emailed me and, you know, just kind of introduced herself. But she said that they were planning something called Project Influencer. And they wanted to work with a handful of bloggers and have us create basically like our favorites from the Ofra collection. And then we would each get two weeks to like promote it. And I get this email and I'm, I was traveling somewhere because I remember reading it in a hotel room. Like I'd been flying all day and then I get to my hotel room and I'm going through my emails and I see it. And I remember it said like it had been sent six hours ago or something. And I like freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to think that I'm saying no and like <laughs> ask someone else. And so I wrote back like the fastest email on my phone. Like who knows if I, if my grammar was even right. Like <laughs> I don't even know. But I wrote back and was like, yes, you know, yes, I'm so interested. And quite honestly, I was super surprised because at that point I wasn't even an affiliate with the brand. So a lot of brands will have bloggers be affiliates with them and have affiliate codes or just have them on their PR list and get PR. I, at that point, I had been buying all of Ulfra's products myself. And so wow. I was super surprised to get this email. And it turns out that Shana, who emailed me, she was a subscriber of mine and she Aww. really liked my channel and me. So she was the one that pitched me to Ulfra to say like, I think we should maybe try this girl. And so I'm so grateful for that. And I mean, it goes to show that you really have no idea who could be watching your videos and <laughs> what it could potentially lead to. So, I mean, that's pretty fun. I was very surprised, but I was really excited. And we put together, you know, we went back and forth and ended up putting together a trio of lipsticks with my three favorite shades. And then I have two favorite highlighters from Ofra. And they said we could do a split pan with both highlighters in there. And I was the one that kicked off Project Influencer. And, you know, it seemed to go pretty well. A lot of people were talking about it. A lot of people were buying it. Since it wasn't like a 
actual collaboration of sorts, like PR didn't go out to other bloggers, but I had so many of my friends who are YouTubers buying it as well and sharing it with their, I mean, just the support was insanely overwhelming. A bunch of my girlfriends in real life were buying it. Even ones who like don't wear liquid lipstick, they're like, yeah, we bought the set. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then fast forward to that was in July. And then I believe it was in September. They asked me to come down to Florida to meet the team and do, they, they make all their own products right there. They have their own lab and factory and shipping department and, and everything. So they said, you know, we, you could do a, a tour of everything and see how the makeup's made and packaged and the labels printed. I was like, okay, so cool. So I went down to Florida thinking that I'm just meeting people and going to see the factory. And they sat me down in a, in a conference room after the factory tour and said, you know, your favorites collaboration did so well. Would you like to do an actual collaboration and pick the shades and like be in charge of all of that? And I was so I shocked because <laughs> I, I did not see that coming at Aww. all. <laughs> I was like crying. I was like, what? I don't understand. And, you know, they were like, don't, you don't have to give us an answer right away. You know, talk to your husband and talk to your mom and let us know. And I mean, I went back to the hotel that night and I called both Mitch and my mom and, and told them about it. And, you know, of course the next day I was like, yeah, yes, let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, so, I mean, we started planning from there of like what we wanted the theme to be and the collection to look like and you know, what are some of my favorite products from Ofra that I could then create my own shades. And so it just went from there. But when, when I was filming my, for my podcast the other week, I do a segment called the Sam Squad Q&A. Cause that's what I call mm-hmm. my people. We are hashtag Sam Squad. Yes. <laughs> and a bunch of questions came in about my Ofra collab. And so I was answering them and someone said, what was my like favorite part in all of it? And I said, really, it's it's right now. It's seeing people excited about the products. It's seeing people excited to order them. And now, you know, people are getting their boxes and they're using the products. And just being able to share all of this with so many people because it's because of their support during the favorites collab that I got this opportunity. Yes. And that's, you know, I can't forget that. It's, you know, of course, I did a lot and Ofer did a lot, but the reason that I was offered an even bigger collaboration is because they saw that, you know, I have so many people cheering me on and so many people that really want me to succeed. And I like, that's just something that I can't ever forget. So now that we can all, it's not a secret anymore and we can all kind of like celebrate and especially right now, just find something to be happy about, even if it's a lipstick, like it's just something that can be a distraction and can, you know, can cheer someone up. That's the part that really means a lot to me. And, and like you said, Ofra is a, a family-owned business. They're, I, by all means, they're kind of a smaller company when it comes to makeup brands. I mean, I they do have two separate buildings, but I walked around each building and was able to be introduced to everybody. I was able to say hello to, you know, all the workers in the factory that were packing and, and you know, creating the trays of makeup and all of that. So they're a small business and to launch a new collection during this time was very like we hadn't I mean I had no idea what to expect I didn't know if anyone would be interested in in makeup which was 
which is kind of hard because I've spent so many months and just yeah. so much time putting everything into this. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so w- when people were excited, you know, I that made me so happy because the hard part is, is that it might just be makeup to someone, but this is also someone's company. This yeah. is someone's job. You know, all of the workers with Ofra from to the factory, to the social media team, to, I mean, all of those people are also working. It's a, you know, it's not necessarily a small business, I guess, but it's still a business. And I'm still thinking about all the people that are working there and put all the hours and time into making this collection. Yeah. Um, so when people were still supporting, I know that it means a lot to me because, you know, it's also going to help me during this time, but also I'm, I'm sure that it means a lot to the brand because they put a lot into this collection too. Yeah, and it it sounds like it operates like a small business. Like they just sound like they are such a nice family, and that yeah, they, yeah, yeah, and they and they want to do good. And I'm not surprised that so many people supported you. I remember reading a lot of comments, and, and people I don't know if they use this words, but the same sentiment was that it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Like you are <laughs> so loved because you have great tips and tricks. Your videos are great. You just have a wonderful personality and you're funny, like you're self-aware and you're funny and you're just great to watch. And I'm not surprised that you have so many fans and that they were so supportive. I love it. And, you know, the flip side with all of this and just being out there and being in the media and I dealt with it at After Buzz and is the some of the negativity, the flip side of the internet and the negativity. Mm-hmm. And people say things that are just, ugh, like just so ridiculous. Like I always use the one example from After Buzz where someone said like, I overdid it with my extensions. And I was like, I've never had extensions in my life, but like, thank you for trying to insult me, but actually complimenting me. So right, I, right. You know, like, That's great. People are so crazy on the internet and they can be so nasty because as much love as you get, then you always have that just one idiot. But at the yeah. same time, like the way I've dealt with it is if I can pull something constructive from it, like, you know what, maybe I need to get a haircut, actually. <laughs> that's fine. If I can pull something constructive, that's fine. If it's just downright nasty, then I just I don't respond. I just let it sit there and rot. That's their problem. If they're whatever happened to them in their life that led them to the point where they're writing nasty things on the internet to someone they don't even know is not my problem. And I'm not going to go there and let that energy attach to me in any way. It can just sit there and that person, like they have to work it out. Like it's not my problem. So that's how I deal with it. But I'm curious how other people deal with it. Do you just block certain people? It's definitely hard. It's definitely the the downfall of being on the internet. And Mm. my husband is, a pretty private guy like he doesn't have a Facebook page like he he's just not really into social media so he's never been on my channel like I've never done like the boyfriend tag or husband does my makeup or anything like that <laughs> and people ask for him all the time and he always tells me he's like you know you tell me about some of the comments you get he's like I just I, I just don't want to put myself out there like that you yeah. know and it's not for everybody not everybody can can handle that because especially if you're in a weak moment or you're having a downtime and then you have to go online and and read terrible things about yourself like it can really mess with your (laughs) mind (laughs) yes yeah definitely and 
one thing that I do is I keep a folder on my phone. I just, I screenshot when like really nice comments come in or just like really sweet comments because a lot of the times, you know, it's 98% great, supportive, nice yeah. comments. And then yeah. this is such a small percentage of the negatives, but that's what you can't get out of your mind. Right. That's what you can't stop thinking about. So I have this folder on my phone. So when I read something particularly nasty, I'm like, just go back and look at how many people you like you've made happy, you've made it impacted and they enjoy you. Like trying to remember that's what to to focus on. But yeah, it's it's so nice to have that. It cheers me up. Even when I don't particularly need cheering up, sometimes I still look at those because yeah. it, it helps. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's also kind of that thing where when people say like, oh, you know, kind of like how you just said, like if someone really wants to take their time to like put someone down that they don't even know they're probably going through something right now. Mm-hmm. So I had one like particularly rough comment come in the other day and I'm like, wow, you know, she must be self-quarantined by herself and mm-hmm. like she's just going through a hard time right now. Maybe she doesn't have a lot of people to talk to and she's taking it out on me. And I wrote back and I was like, whatever it is you're going through right now, I hope that you get through it okay thinking about you. And it's, you know, it's not me trying to be like flippant or rude, but right. honestly, probably that person's going through something and they need to lash out at someone. And I'm just, you know, kind of a, an anonymous person on the internet. Like, why not take it out on me? Exactly. So I said, I hope you get through it okay, like thinking yeah. about you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and it's so interesting. Like, I also, I feel like, you know, with book reviews and with comments, I feel like the I should be even. Like the negative comments shouldn't make me feel so bad and the positive comments mm-hmm. shouldn't make me feel so good. Like I should be confident enough that neither affects me. But then I'm like, no, I like getting the I like getting the good reviews. I like getting the yeah. like, I read your book and I lo- like I I don't wanna not feel that like lift when someone tells me I did good work. Like I love that. Yeah. So I don't want to give that up, but I know (laughs) that the answer is that like you shouldn't be affected by either, but I'm like, no, I want to be affected by the good things, but I guess that also being affected by the bad things. But I think I've learned to see it in a way that it helps to, to not, you know, affect me like that person. She's, she's going through something that has nothing to do with you. And she Mm -hmm. wants to lash out on someone who she you know, it'll make her feel better to do that. And it actually doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I'm someone who, I mean, I review books. I've, I've been reviewing books for almost 11 years at this point. And like, sure, there's times where I review a book that I didn't enjoy. But I, even with my makeup reviews, there's obviously, there's so much makeup that I try out that doesn't work for me. But it doesn't mean that I have to, you know, I see some reviews calling authors like, just the worst names, just like yeah. not necessary at all. And it's like, if you don't like the book, that's fine. But there's probably someone out there who's going to like it. And the same thing with makeup, like even if a foundation doesn't work for me, I can say why it doesn't work for me. But just because it didn't work for me, it's probably going to work for someone else. So there's no reason to like, get super negative or call a brand like terrible or, you know, cancel culture and all of that. Yeah. And when it comes to individuals on the internet I've just I've never been able to to bring that type of negativity into someone's life like the other day someone took their time out to tweet me on Twitter publicly tweet me 
on Twitter to say that I've really helped her out through a lot of times, but now because I'm on TikTok dancing like a teenager, like she just can't handle me. So she has to unsubscribe. And I was like, for you to like publicly shame me because I'm doing something that doesn't impact your life at all. Mm -hmm. Like me being on a social media app literally has no bearing on your life. It has no impact on your life. But to take the time to like publicly put that out there, like what's, what's wrong with you that you felt, I really want to bring negativity to someone's life today. What can I do? I can never do that. I can't even think like that. (laughs) Exactly. Like she doesn't have to watch your TikToks, which are adorable, by the way, but she (laughs) and you're so funny. Like you're just so lovable, but that she, something's going on with her that that affects Mm -hmm. her. That's not your problem. Not yours. Adorable on TikTok and everyone should follow you there as well. (laughs) I got so many tweets from people after that, you know, which then I felt bad about, but I'm like, you're the one who started it. Like you're the one that put this tweet out. So people were responding back and like, like in support of me. And, and, you know, I think a big thing, my TikTok is so different from anything that I do. It's not focused on books. It's not really focused on beauty. It it is just like dancing or funny voiceovers or things like that, but it's making people laugh right now. And that's what I'm trying to bring because there's not a lot of reasons to like smile at this moment. And a lot of people are very sad or scared or just feeling really shaky about things. If I can do a 15 second voiceover and I make someone laugh, yay. Yes. <laughs> like that's what I want to do right now. I just yes. want to make people smile and try to get through this day by day. So if someone yeah. takes such a huge offense to that, your day is probably looking really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. And makeup makes you feel good. Like lipstick gives you a new lease on life and and, yeah. flash and highlighter and la- watching TikToks makes me like, la- I know, like you're, you're bringing joy to people and like, keep doing it. Cause you're so good at it. You're so lovable. And thank you. yeah, I can't thank you enough for sharing your stories. And I know Millie is so proud and <laughs> she's, she's watching. Thank she's you. Thank you for saying that. It's true. And people can just Google Samantha March and you can find where to follow her. You you probably already do. But if you don't, where can everyone find you and get some positive vibe? Yeah. So my YouTube channel is just Samantha March. My Instagram is March Beauty Word, as in the written word. My TikTok is Samantha March XO. And I'm also pretty active on Twitter, which is by Samantha March. So I'm not one of those people that has one handle for everything. I think because I wouldn't think March is like a really popular last name, but apparently <laughs> it is because I can't, I can't be Samantha March like anywhere. It's already taken. So. <laughs> so I have like a bunch of different usernames, which I know can be a bummer, but, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just pretty much, I'm just pretty much everywhere. <laughs> nice. Thank you for being everywhere. We appreciate it. I certainly do. Ah, oh, this was so much fun. So much fun. This is awesome. I feel better already. Thank you. Oh, good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories of signs. And if you would like to hear more episodes of this show, please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Thank you again and sweet dreams.